Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlin. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Dwayne England, Tommy Donlin, coming to you live from the Fish Hunt Northwest studios located here on the amazing shores of Summit Lake. How are you? Yes, indeed. I'm great. You're back. I'm wishing I was still hunting, but yeah, well, I'm good to be back too. We had a heck of a week, man. Lots of fish and lots of hunting, and we're going to bring it all to you tonight. Lots of things for you and I to talk about. No, no shortage of content, that's for sure. No shortage of content, lots going on, a little change in the weather. Yeah. You know, what are these fish doing? They staging, they gonna start moving up river. We're gonna cover it all tonight, tons of info. Glad you could join us. Before we get too far along, I wanna remind everybody, hey, if you're tuning in on Root Sports, we appreciate that. Make sure you check out all our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, believe it or not. You can find us all at uh, Fish on NW. Simple uh, search, you're going to come up with that. Go ahead and uh, give us a follow, like, anything and all of it on all our social media platforms. Get to our YouTube channel, subscribe so you can catch all the additional info that you don't get necessarily here on Root Sports. You can get all a lot of our how-tos and behind-the-scenes stuff that we have going on there. So check it out at uh, YouTube and, of course, get to Facebook. Let's get our Facebook continuing to grow. It's blowing up, Tommy, lately. Things are just climbing. It is. So it is. Pretty happy with that. So go check us out on those, if you would, and give us that support. Uh, in the meantime, also jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find a FHN20 coupon. Why is that important? Well, we have uh, partnered up with Edge Rods and all Edge Rods through Fish on Northwest, you're gonna get 20% off. Tommy, we're still getting 20% off of these fishing rods. Coupon code FHN20 at checkout, make sure you use that and you're gonna be happy you did. And we are actually getting into some serious conversation on these Edge Rods tonight, mm-hmm. a little later on yes, in the show. Indeedy. So great week for us. You got out in the woods, hunt some whitetail. That's right, with the muzzleloader. How about that? Yeah, first something time. new for us, for sure. I'm gonna break that down, let you know how that went for Tommy. First time he got the muzzleloader out there chasing whitetail. Of course, had a phenomenal week chasing coho. Got my mom yeah. and dad out. Yeah, that's 80, awesome. 80 year old mother, 83 year old uh, father, mom catching her first coho. Pretty phenomenal. Jordan got to be there, grandson, son, three generations. Phenomenal family. That's beautiful. Just a, just a great day. So. All right, uh, yeah, before we get too far deep here, we got to get going running down the show. Lots going on. Uh, Coho Fisheries, Tommy, now and moving forward. You know, we got low water in the rivers and fish pulling up in the salt. What does that mean for the future? And then you just returned, my friend, 
from the east side on a muzzleloader whitetail hunt. How did it go? And lessons learned. All that with Tommy later on. Uh, we're also going to catch up on some openings and closings, what you may have missed. There's a ton of it, and we do our best to keep on top of it. And you're going to get that here at Fish on Northwest. And then back in the bait lab, of course, we got our fourth installment, Tommy, of our four-part series, egg curing, mature eggs, uh, Baraxel fire, but also in the wet brine. One of my favorite ones to bring to folks is that wet brine opportunity and how well that works. And then we're going to have a, uh, we got a little video segment we've recorded with uh, a couple of great individuals in the fishing industry, Pro Escobedo of VIP Outdoors and Alex uh, Maslow from Edge Fishing Rods. They discuss the SR, the SAR 1065-360 Pro. That's a mouthful. Trust me, this is not a sales pitch. You're really going to be uh, enlightened in, in, in by what these gentlemen say about mm -hmm. these fishing rods. Of course, then we'll close out the show with some reminders and some dates we have coming up with some events. So I'm looking forward to all this because we're covering Coho, out in the salt, in the rivers. We are on the doorstep of October. That's right. And, uh, you know, hunting is in the air, right? Checking mm -hmm. the camera today, lots of great activity going on here locally for blacktail. You were out chasing whitetail. I mean, yeah. it's, get the, this is like my favorite time. This is here. just the beginning. I mean, yeah. yeah, you get a little bit of everything right now. Yeah. 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 So, um, again, you know, um, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't uh, followed us on Facebook, you can also follow Tommy and I, but I put that little video up of uh, getting my folks out. My, my yeah. 80 year old, you know, four foot 11 mother with a 10 and a half foot fishing rod reeling in coho out in the salt water. It was an experience that I am so glad Jordan caught on video. Yeah, that's phenomenal. What a pleasure to get them out, man. That was really something. And, um, you know, the fact they're in their eighties and just still getting out there doing it. It's like yeah. an eight hour day out on the salt water getting. Yeah. And they did great. Oh, phenomenal. they did great. Yeah. Their endurance yeah. is amazing. I hope, uh, you know, some of that sprinkled down onto me here. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, that's what I, I want to be doing what my dad's doing when I'm 83. That was <laughs> fantastic so all right don't go anywhere we're gonna jump out for a quick break we come back we're gonna talk about these coho fisheries what's going on in the salt water where you can find them are these rivers starting to turn things open up on october 1st I want to give you the best opportunity to go get them there's a lot out there let's figure out how to catch them right here after this break fish on northwest defiance marine is the one-stop shop for the pacific northwest angler Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Welcome back here in Studio Fish Hunt Northwest, Wayne England, Tommy Donlin. And so, Tommy, I want to take us back to last year. So these coastal rivers out here where I like to fish and introduced you to last year, uh, the opener's October 1st. And last year when we were making a plan to get you out drowning some eggs under a bobber. It was a little uh, wet. It was a little wet. We yep. had exactly what we needed. We had the rain the final week of September. Mm -hmm. And it even got to the point where I said, hey, we got just a little too much rain. We're going to forego right. the opener. We're going to wait till October 2nd because when you pay attention to your weather forecast, 
your river forecast, your precipitation, your water flow, and rivers on the drop, watching your graphs, mm -hmm. I said, hey man, Saturday, October 2nd is going to be ideal. And it was. Yep. River was 1400 CFS. We had about six to seven feet of visibility. The egg bite was just nonstop all day long. Yeah, yeah, it was. And the, and the fish yeah. were just teaming up the river, right? So yep. this year in complete 180 contrast, we had this little bump of rain here, which to me was more of a barometric pressure disruption than an actual mm -hmm. rain event. Sure. We got a little sprinkle. If you watched your gauges, the rivers bumped a little bit. But when you're talking 80 CFF, that, yeah. that doesn't do anything. Not enough. It, you know, it's a little fresh, but it's not, it's not a, a wash, mm -hmm. right? Them fish are just kind of like, so they're piling up out there in the salt. So we get to this October 1, <clears throat> what's the game plan here? Do we go in the river and you know, slug all day long, dredging down the river, pushing a drift boat and stuff. No, I'm, you know what, <laughs> it, it's not, for me, that is not enjoyable anymore. The old adage, when the water's low, you stay low. Mm -hmm. How low? Well, for me right now with these rivers, right. tidal influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get some of those fish swinging in on the incoming and then they're going to yep. go back out. A few of them will naturally want to get going. I mean, we're on the doorstep of October. Here, sure. So those fish will want to start moving. Yeah. But the majority of them are going to stay in that tidal influence. They're going to go in and out. They're going to wash in and out with that with that uh, with that flood and out with the up. So, um, for me, it's all about fishing the saltwater right now. And on these coastal regions, if you can get out here in the bays in some mm -hmm. of these areas, fishing the shallow water fisheries, 18 to 25 feet on these incoming tides and whatnot. We're spinning herring. We're spinning chartreuse herring. Um, smaller profile seems to be getting it done in some of these areas. Spinners on 360 flashers. I'm telling you right now, the Brad's 360 has just been killing it for us, doing mm -hmm. such a great job. Uh, rolling with 16 ounce lead up front, 12 ounce out the back, and that's kind of the game plan it's been producing. Um, I would love to go to some of the rivers and drop eggs under bobbers, and there are sections where you can, again, on that tidal water. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking 1,400 CFS last year on October 1st, and you're looking at 220, 230 CFS on this opener, you got to change your game plan. you got to be willing to make that adjustment. So in that tidal influence water, mm -hmm. like what is turning on the bite in those areas? Just I just think it's because they're moving fish. I mean, just, you know, it's just fish moving in the river, and they're coming on up in there, and they're going to stage in some of the deeper holes, uh -huh. hold up a little bit, kind of trying to navigate decide what's this river going to do, right? You like that high tide bite better? Like you got that flood of water coming in, pushing those fish in? So uh, the other thing you got to recognize on a number of these rivers and you're low in that system and you can literally watch the water come in, you're going to have a layover period of about an hour or so mm -hmm. where you have a big pond. Yeah. There's no water moving, right? Yeah. Because the river basically comes to a grinding halt on that in push and mm -hmm. then it turns and starts flowing out. So usually if you're fishing that incoming and the water's coming up, you're going to find biters. Uh, typically when it goes to stagnant water and just kind of all flooded and whatnot, that's a great time to cast spinners, great time to twitch jigs. Yeah. Uh, then as you get water moving again, it, very much like we look forward to in the salt water. It's like, ah, as soon as this tide turns, they're going to go on the bite. Yeah. So you get outflowing water. Now, now your float and bait presentation gets moving and it drifts through the holes. Uh, you know, adjusting your depth and finding those fish. You just got to have confidence they're going to be there. Good eggs, under a bobber, you're going to have takedowns. So you found a lot of success here already mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. some of these areas. And and I'm always curious, like, you know, you say, oh, they're, they're hitting spinners. Like, talk to us about the anatomy of the spinner, colors, size. How do you choose? Well, so for me, it's just a tackle box challenge. I tie up a number of different blade color combinations. And the one thing I started doing this year that I hadn't done previous, all my spinners not only have a... Um, 
a silver horde, uh, you know, 2.53 size um, uh, hoochie on there. Mm-hmm. So in a UV, pinks and oranges have been working really well, but I've been putting that glow hoochie underneath it. Mm, so okay. some of these harbors, some of these uh, bay areas run a little bit dirtier depending on where they're getting the bulk of their flow right. from. So if you got a dirty river feeding into some of these areas, that water's going to be cloudy. So, and on cloudy days, you don't have a lot of light penetration. So for me, I was like, well, and it worked for the Chinook too, in certain areas on the Columbia when it was a little bit dirty. You, you double up on your hooch, you put that glow pattern underneath that UV pattern. Because what do we fish in the salt? Glow and UV is always hand in hand, yeah, right? Right, right. Because you could be fishing shallow on these coho out in the salt water and the UV is popping. You go down mm-hmm. a little deeper, you really want that glow to sustain, right? Yep. Uh, I'm fishing my herring all in Rice Davis helmets. Um, they want a smaller profile. I'm running out of red label herring. I told you I did. Hmm. What am I going to do? I'm going to take my green limb. I'm going to cut them back. Cut them back about a half inch behind the head. Why? It's not about the overall, you know, size of the bait. It's a, it's a smaller profile overall, right? You mm-hmm. cut that thing back, it, it tapers down. Sure. You stuff it in a helmet. You can strip it, stuff it you in there. You can strip it, yeah, stuff right. it in a helmet. It's about right. the size of profile. And for me, it seems uh-huh. like they're hitting... Uh, a smaller profile bait. So I'm going to give them a smaller profile bait. I'm not just going to fish green label because uh, it's all I have. Right. 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 Cut gonna, it down. Yeah. Yep. Because what's been working, I don't want to change that. Now, will I spin green label and see if they're going to grab that as well? Sure. Look, one thing we know about coho this time of year is they're transitioning from the ocean mm-hmm. into your bays and in inner Puget Sound and whatnot and heading towards the rivers. They got the feed bag strapped on. They're gaining a pound a week. Yeah. And they're starting to put on some nice size. We're starting to get some already with some hook nose going to them and whatnot. So, uh, anyway, what's the speed program? Well, uh, it's all it's all based on the thumb. It's all based. We're on okay, so you're watching you're watching yeah. your rod. We're going to yeah. talk about that a little bit later. We are. We're watching yeah. the rods, watching the thump, seeing how it goes, and um, the, you know, gauging the speed accordingly, whether we're mm-hmm. going with current or against. So, much more to talk about in that regard. Just a little insight on things to come with your coho opportunity. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. I want to drill down on this whitetail hunt. All right, let's That's do something it. something else. So don't go anywhere. A quick break. We'll be back right here at Fish on Northwest. Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse chine and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied Boats will have it for you. Contact Allied Boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, We have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Going to switch a little gears here, Tommy. It is that time of year. We need to start talking some hunting, my friend. This yes. is Fish on Northwest. This it is. So, yes, it is. Uh, this uh, this whitetail hunt, muzzle loader. So you got a multi-season tag this year. I did. Yeah. I did. And so you took full advantage by opting for the muzzle loader portion. 
opportunity east side whitetail. That's right. That's right. I mean, I wanted I wanted to do the archery too, but I, I mean, let's just face it. This time of year, we're so conflicted. There's just so much going on. Yeah. The tuna are still out there. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's you know fish coming into the rivers, yeah. and we got big game season in full effect. Right, but um, right. yeah, so I opted for the multi-season tag to take advantage of the muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. Never hunted muzzleloader before. Right. Um, but knew that it'd be a good opportunity because the area that I hunt, there are no archery hunters no muzzleloader hunters yeah. at all. Yeah. And so I knew that this would, we'd basically get the first whack at them. So range time. So I know you, yep. right? You don't take nothing for granted, right. whether it's a rifle or a muzzle. I mean, you're gonna go put in some time on the range yep. and get that thing dialed in. Same, you. same program, uh -huh. um, probably less load development time, a little bit less scientific. Sure. We were we were hunting with the uh, Barnes TEZ, mm -hmm. right? Copper, 250 grain. Okay. Um, that was the, the Sabbath, the bullet of choice. Um, and then it was just uh, 100 grains of triple seven powder. Oh. Yeah, very, very simple. Very What's, simple. Uh, what was your confident range after you were dialed in with that gun? 100 yards. 100 yards. I, I would you know, keep Open myself sight, to 100 right? yards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it'd have to be a good shot at 100 yards. Yeah. 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 I mean, because let's, let's face it, we're not, I'm not looking down a 5 by 25 by 50, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, yep. scope so that um, is the one thing they hold us to is the open sights on you know muzzle and yeah it's a game changer yep. right and it's, that that keeps it up close and personal yeah good yep. point so weather conditions over there you know we are here into october and we are still yes. extremely dry even on the west side yep. i gotta think the east side was a little crackly over there it, it was but you know the first day wasn't bad it was in the upper 60s and you know day before the season and you've heard this a lot uh four muley bucks three whitetail bucks and we're like, okay, tomorrow's gonna be game on. And oh. then the next day was hotter. And we saw a little bit less and a little bit less, right? As each day went on, it got warmer and warmer and warmer. And those animals were just, you know, tied up in the timber, oh, bedded, yeah. Yeah. bedded. Yep. It's a it's a morning and, you know, short window in the evening if they're gonna get, move at all. Right. If they're if they're not just completely waiting until dark time, you yeah, know, absolutely. Night, right? Absolutely. So you kind of get you're up against it. I mean, it's a great opportunity, but whether look if we get cooler temperatures and they're more active later in the morning and earlier in the evening, give you a wider window. But it sounds like you guys were in a pretty tight, yeah. tight and narrow. Did you see a good number of animals, or what was? What we was did. We out? did. We passed on a number of small bucks. Um, buddy Mark ended up harvesting a three by five whitetail. Oh yeah. Um, I tracked down a, a three-point muley for a while, and he was um, he was very elusive. I will say, I got within, you know, very I saw elusive. I saw this group of deer, and of course, he was with four does. Uh, for whatever reason, they were hanging out. Uh, I closed the distance to ten yards, um, peeked around the corner, and there's the four does saying hello. Oh, and no buck. Uh -huh. Right, he yep. slipped out the back door, and so yeah, we had some good some good close encounters with with deer. Got within. Uh, 27, 32, 26 yards of some different bucks. Yeah. Um, and uh, closed the gap. I think Mark shot the one at uh, 113 yards. So um, he landed a dandy, and, and it was awesome. I'm going to do it again. How how aware were you constantly when you're spotting, stalking, moving in, you know, checking your wind? Constantly it's it's, to get it's that a wind close? check game. Yeah. It's a wind check game. You have to, and you have to. Pattern. So what I what I like to do is pattern the deer from a distance, mm -hmm. understand what their behavior is, mm -hmm. and then knowing what the wind is doing in mind, set up for it, right? And so it's not uh, depending on the situation. It's something that you may need to plan for, like watch them one evening and then the next evening go into the hunt with the wind in your favor yeah. to get into that spot. And you know if you can keep a consistent wind, get there before that evening 
comes and they start to move, right? Know, know what path they're going to take and then set up along that path. Yeah, it makes total sense. Did yeah. you, uh, you said you had a little uh, slight uptick in temperature. Yes. Did the wind maintain consistency to actually put that plan in motion? Yep, the wind oh. was pretty consistent where we were. And you were um, there for how many days? Uh, we hunted uh, three and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. 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 Going to do it again. Oh, absolutely. Good time. Yeah, no pressure. Tons of game. Saw, bull, saw bull moose, oh, saw yeah. a cougar, yep. um, white-tailed bucks, muley bucks, grouse, turkeys, a porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> porcupine. Uh, yeah, it was that great. That particular hunt, three-pointer better on your mule deer. On the mule deer and then game, any, any buck for white tail. Any buck for white tail. Yep, correct. Yeah, that particular area can be polluted with white tail. Oh, my times, God. Huh? There's so many animals over there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. You go, well, why are we going back to the west side? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. I mean, you guys put one in the bag first time out. You can't complain about that. You got a few more hunts coming up that we get to be part of as we follow you. That's on your right. Journey Idaho's this year. next. Idaho looking Bulls. Looking forward to it. So, yeah, I got a little activity on the game camera as of late up here. I saw in, that in the public land, so I'm getting a little excited about uh, what's to come in that regard as well. So right on. All right, nicely done. Uh, jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We come back. Openings and closings. Trying to keep you all up to date. It's happening, and uh, you need to be aware. Right here, we come back. Fish on Northwest. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. New days new beginnings, new friends, new loves, new dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. Hey, welcome back here in studio, Dwayne England, Tommy Dolan, and uh, running down a few openings and closings. Tommy, as you know, we get the emails and it's constantly mm -hmm. trying to keep up on all that's going on. In case you missed it, you can now retain Coho on the Columbia from Priest Rapids Dam all the way up to Wells Dam. That's a pretty good stretch of Columbia River on the upper stretches there to go ahead and retain Coho. Uh, check your regulations for your specific area and the uh, finite details on what exactly you can and how many. Uh, but then, however, the bigger news that came out yesterday, a lot of folks were anticipating and hopeful for, the Columbia River opened back up for mm -hmm. Chinook and Coho retention on this lower stretch, Tommy. We get effective October 1st, Saturday, uh, retention of Chinook and Hatchery Coho. Uh, adults and jacks is allowed. Uh, main stem Columbia, buoy tent line upstream to Tum Point. You're going to get three salmon per day, one which can be a Chinook. And then moving up further, uh, all the way to Bonneville, from Tongue Point to Bonneville, you get to retain two salmon, of one of which could be a Chinook, hatchery or wild, and of course, hatchery coho only. So it's open back up, uh, take opportunity. There should still be some Chinook around, go get them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in other news, <laughs> in other news, you know, it's WDFW has done a phenomenal job in being very responsive and very quick in the management. Um, this year, you've noticed yeah, a updates. lot of very quick yeah, yeah. openings, closures, right. um, and and this is this is no exception here. So I get an email yesterday. Oh, hey, look, you can go razor climbing today, right now. Today go. Is one right? of the days. So last night was the first one, yep. September 28th, yep. of course. Yep. Um, but there's two more digs coming. Uh, we got one, um, you know, 
today, tonight, tonight. right? 9.51 yeah. p.m. Mm -hmm. is the low tide at Long Beach and Twin Harbors. Yep. And then we've got another one tomorrow, and the low tide's at 10.43 p.m., uh, Long Beach, Twin Harbors, and Copalis. So go get your razor clams, something that I still look forward to doing. Yeah, trying to get you out tomorrow, me and the guys that are hanging at the house this weekend. We're going to try to get out tomorrow, one of the three nights, right? Yeah. Obviously, we can't go tonight. We're kind of busy. But uh, so they originally announced those 56 dig days, but then the domoic acid right. set in. Right. And so they, like you said, <clears throat> they've been monitoring and updating daily, which they really have been doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So they did. They announced the three days. Uh, it's a three-day window. There's more digs coming. There's going to be 50-plus a couple days maybe here or there, depending on acid levels, and so we should have opportunity coming up. Yeah. So um, another opportunity here, the Icicle River River is also opening for coho retention now through November 30th, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great opportunity for you, you folks on the east side in Chelan County. That Icicle River River can be a lot of fun. Uh, fishing from the bank. So minimum, minimum size uh, is 12 inches, but a four limit, daily coho limit there. You get four mm -hmm. fish, right? Uh, release all salmon other than coho. And uh, night closures are in effect. Bait, including scents, is prohibited. No motorboats uh, other than boats with electric trolling motors may be used. And two-pole endorsement is not allowed. This sounds to me like a spinner in a jig twitch mm -hmm. and show those fish up there on that east side have not seen a lot of twitch jigs Ooh. so this is a guys have started doing it here the last few years but when they open up little pockets like the icicle and you have certain areas where those fish will stage up and uh you can throw a jig in front of them and twitch them i mean that's what i'd be doing hoochie spinner spinner small presentation mm -hmm. twitching jigs getting after it no bait that includes scent guys you got to remember no scent you can get ticketed if there is a the smell of something delicious like, you know, Fatsy's fire gel. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> on some of your lures. So, all right, that is going to do it for us. First half of the show, if you're tuning in on Root Sports, appreciate that. Jump to our social media platforms and check us out there. We have an entire second half of the show still to get to, Tommy, and we're going to do that. We come up here or come back right after this break here at Fish on Northwest. Sergeant Daniel Moulter began his tour of duty on October 21st, 1996, and ended his tour on June 27th, 2020. On the authority of Constable Carlos B. Lopez of the Travis County Constable's Office, Precinct 5, badge number 504 is officially retired, and Sergeant Dale Moulter is 1042. Godspeed, Sergeant Moulter. Honoring fallen law officers of 2021. The 2022 end of watch ride begins in May from Spokane, Washington. The ride across the country to honor the men and women of law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their service to our communities will cover more than 23,000 miles. We ride to ensure that no fallen officer or their family is ever forgotten. EOW relies on sponsors and donations to cover this cost. Please consider donating to help support the families and departments of the fallen officers. You can donate by visiting our website at www.endofwatchride.com forward slash donate. Please support the blue. All right, welcome back here in the studio. You know, Tommy, uh, we kind of talked about it at the start of the show. Um, this is a great time of year where you can start kind of getting amped up, excited, and mm -hmm. look forward to dropping some eggs under a float in our rivers and doing very well for Chinook and Coho. And chum salmon later on in November when they're in too. If you think chum won't eat eggs, you've been missing out. <clears throat> so uh, we have a great, um, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. We have a great uh, video on, on tap for you here this evening. It's the part four of our four-part installment on Curing Eggs 101. 
You guys know, remember back to the last several weeks, taking you through kind of a breakdown of different products was the mm -hmm. first one, Tommy. Difference between sulfite-based cures and non-sulfite-based and really what those do to your eggs. And then we did some curing on some tighter-skinned eggs with sulfites, did some curing last week with some looser, more mature eggs with non-sulfite-based cures and the reasons why. And this is just one final uh, cog in the wheel here. It's a wet brine that I use for the most part on some of the frozen eggs that I get and how we cure those. But this works exceptionally well also on uh, mature eggs that you've harvested fresh and want to cure. Wet brines are fantastic. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. This is If this is egg curing 101, uh -huh. I, I can't wait to see what the graduate level courses are. Uh, it's a mind blow. So yeah. uh, we'll get there. You're not ready for it yet. Oh, I'm not ready. Okay, <laughs> yeah, not so, qualified yet. Yeah, we'll Got to take the there. prerequisites. Yeah, it's like I still, I'm still trying to earn my uh, my white bibs, right? So, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, so we're not there yet, my <laughs> okay, man. Okay, all right. You know, it's like fine wine. It takes time <laughs> to build these things, my God. So uh, we're going to take you through this. So again, uh, the beer. And I were in the lab a few weeks ago. I had to shoot some uh, some tutorial videos for Potskis because we are part of Potskis mm -hmm. and want to support everything mm -hmm. they have going on. So this is uh, in a presentation for Potskis, but the information is relevant, and we're bringing that to you right now. Hey everybody, Dwayne England, Potsky Bait Company, and we are once again back here in the Bait Lab. Today we're going to talk about, uh, again, curing mature adult salmon roe, or eggs, uh, here from the Pacific Northwest, and a couple things we can do to toughen these skeins up. Today we're going to do a wet brine, one of my favorites, because it does such a really good job. I do a few things that adds an extra scent element to the eggs, and then they perform fantastic. Later in the fall, even coho jump all over these eggs. It's impressive. And one that we use not only for frozen uh, skein, if you get uncured frozen skein, this wet brine works really well. And we've demonstrated that in the past and have had great success with it. But you can use this process for fresh, uh, fresh row out of fish that you just caught. Now these eggs are a couple days old. Most of the blood we've gotten out of the eggs uh, simply by moving it along and, and absorbing it out with paper towels and whatnot. Uh, one thing that has uh, been proven, uh, for me anyway, and what I've experienced in the past, if you cannot get all your blood out of the eggs, then a wet brine, for whatever reason, just seems to do a really nice job. It actually loosens up some of that blood, and once the eggs are cured, I have a hard time finding that blood remaining in the eggs. It does seem to allow the blood to work its way out of the eggs, utilizing a wet brine. So that is one advantage. If you have eggs that are somewhat bloody, I would recommend using a wet brine, and I think you're gonna be uh, pleased with your results. So uh, these eggs are pretty much ready to go. Uh, again, most of the blood is out. I am gonna cut them into a few uh, smaller sections here just so that they move around in the, the liquid brine a little better. And really sharp knife, not really popping. Uh, many of the eggs and cutting right through the membrane, no problem. And so, again, we're trying to toughen these eggs up. I'm not going to use uh, the fire cure in this regard. I want to use something that will give the skin, the remaining skin on these mature eggs, a little more durability. Again, fire cure is a great cure for false salmon. It does wonderful uh, on eggs that are a little more immature and have much more skin on them because we're not relying on the cure to toughen, we're just relying on the cure to cure the eggs and add the bite stimulants and the color. 
In this case, we want to toughen it up a little bit. So we're using that uh, mixture I, I do with uh, Braxel Fire. Again, quarter to half cup of sugar into your Braxel Fire, a full new bottle, 32 ounce. Quarter to half cup of sugar, good two heaping tablespoons of the Firepower Krill Powder, and a heaping tablespoon of sodium sulfite. To add a little extra bite stimulant, that sodium, the sulfites that get in there, it does in fact uh, create uh, an egg that has uh, more bite stimulant properties. So we're gonna take that mixture, it's already pre-done, and the recipe I just gave you, we're gonna sprinkle it on the eggs here. And again, you can use a pretty generous amount because of the low sulfite content, we're not worried about over curing or softening the eggs. Uh, just quite the opposite with the Boraxo fire, the Boraxo salt in here, it actually toughens the membrane. The other thing we're gonna do is our liquid brine is our Potsky's uh, fire brine, okay? This is designed to toughen bait. So if you think about fire brine, it's engineered with salts and bite stimulants in a liquid brine. It takes your herring or your anchovy or your alewives and it toughens the skin. It actually will, will tighten the scales, set the scales and toughen the meat. So why would it not work great as a liquid brine, a wet brine that's going to toughen and tighten the skin? That's exactly what it does. So when I have uh, more mature eggs that I want to toughen even more than just with the Braxel fire, I rely on a wet brine for all those reasons I've mentioned now. It's going to toughen and tighten. It's going to help with uh, eggs that got a little extra blood in them. Wet brine is a great way to go. So I have in here a couple bottles of my red fire brine. That's going to be the base for it. Now, wet brines are also the opportunity I use if I want to add extra scent to my eggs, um, and I won't do this anytime I'm curing eggs and putting them into a bag or a jar. The Mike's line of oils work fantastic. Uh, you can add them onto each individual baits after eggs are cured and utilize it out in the field, you know, a couple drops on each bait to try and figure out what's gonna trigger them on any given day, what, or, you know, what's gonna get them to bite. I won't add this to my curing process when it's in the bag or in the jar or anything like that. It disrupts the cure process and I don't like the way the oil uh, reacts with the eggs. That being said, in a liquid brine, I have a lot of confidence and faith in the fact that I can put a little bit of this into the liquid and it still allows the eggs to cure. Now, one thing you gotta keep in mind is you are committing a couple skeins of eggs to a particular scent, whether it's tuna, crawfish oil, or sand shrimp. Uh, those are my go-tos when it comes to curing eggs for fall salmon. The other one I do like to use is tuna, in the oil right out of the can. And again, this has this is not in the water, this is tuna in the oil. So that's why I can tell you, utilizing some of the Mike's oils as well, no more than a tablespoon for a couple bottles of fire brine. And it seems to allow the eggs to cure properly, adds extra scent to them, extra bite stimulants, and does a real nice job. So before I put the eggs in here, I'm gonna go ahead and empty one complete can of the tuna in oil, and I'm gonna stir this around and make sure it gets all broken up, equally distributed throughout the vat, just like that, there we go, okay? Now, these eggs have got the cure on them. Um, I'm just going to pick these up and lay them into the wet brine. Usually I use the paper towels to dump them into the bags, but I'm just gonna go ahead and 
lift these up here. That's why I got gloves on, no problem. The amount of powdered cure that I've added is the right amount for putting it into the wet brine. I don't need to coat the back side of these. Um, as you can see, they're just gonna float in here. Now, the uh, fire brine has a lot of color to it already. The Braxo fire has a lot of color to it. Now, if I wanna darken this up even more, as these will float in here and begin to take on color, I can certainly add some of the fire dye, okay? But you can see the tuna's, al the tuna's already turned color. And uh, with that, we know over time, those eggs will begin to take on a good amount of color. So you just let these float in here, stir them around every once in a while to keep the, keep the powdered cure, make sure it's not just settling on the bottom, but it's getting absorbed into the liquid and also into the eggs. This is a, a good 24-hour process. I let these bathe in here for 24 hours, absorb as much of the cure, the scent, the color, as everything I want. Again, I'll stir them around so that we get equal distribution of the cures and the, and the tuna scent and everything on the eggs. After 24 hours, sometimes I even let them go 36. You're not gonna burn them, it's not gonna destroy them. It just even gets them cured better, tightens that skin even more. Take them out, put them in a colander, say over your garbage can, let that excess liquid drain off of them. And then even uh, set them out on, these puppy pads work really well as an absorbent, paper towels, what have you. Do not use newspaper. You don't wanna get uh, ink and you know stuff from newspaper coming off onto your eggs. So clean surfaces, puppy absorbent pads work fantastic for your work area for curing eggs. Paper towels work great. Let them sit on the paper towels or the puppy pads for you know six, eight hours, uh, egg side down, skin side up, drawing that extra liquid out of them. Then you can bag them up, put them in your freezer, containerize them, put them in your fridge. They're gonna be nice and tough. Uh, I recommend taking them out after you've drained fluid off. I put them in the fridge for a couple days in plastic tubs layered on paper towels. That really gets those eggs to set up. They're gonna get nice and firm not overly firm, they're still gonna milk out really nice in the river, they're gonna be tough, they're gonna last multiple casts. So give them time to set up out of the liquid, drain, put them in the fridge for a couple days, they're gonna firm up nice and tight. Might even feel a little bit rubbery, don't be alarmed by that. Once you cut into them and put them on your hook, they're gonna fish just fine. So just a couple things you can do with mature Chinook eggs or mature salmon eggs creating a more durable bait that's gonna fish, give you a little longevity on the river, and definitely get bit by fall uh, Chinook or Coho. All right, that'll do it for us today here in the Bay Lab. Thanks for watching. There you go, a little wet brine option that you can utilize. It definitely works well. And simply by putting that yeah. tuna into that mixture, Tommy, uh, don't think it's just for Chinook. Coho jump all over those eggs in yeah, some of our right. rivers. We broke that myth last year. We broke that myth yeah, last yeah, year. Right. I think you pretty much fished those exclusively oh, yeah. all day. Yeah. And it was just lights out. Again, conditions align, good flow, perfect yep. conditions for bobber and egg presentation. We had a whole conducive to holding salmon all day. Mm-hmm. And it just flat out works. And, you know, folks like to think that salmon go on and off the bite. And they do. 
But there are times when it doesn't matter all day long. They're just going to bite. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those cases. It they they went off the bite for maybe like nine, ten minutes, and then they were <laughs> on again. That was right back yeah. on it. So yeah. definitely worth trying. And if you uh, missed the reference in there, if you have eggs with a little extra blood in them too, that is always and I get frustrated not able to get all the blood out of those eggs, I mm -hmm. will wet brine them. It seems to kind of draw some of that blood out of those eggs and really cleans mm. them up. So there's extra bonuses when, uh, when doing wet brine. All right, hopefully you enjoyed that. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back, a uh, little rod discussion here, a little edge rod discussion, one worth waiting around for and seeing. As Pro Escobedo and Alex uh, Maslov have a discussion, a serious discussion on the 360 rod and why you should add this to your arsenals. Don't go anywhere. We'll come back here in studio right after this break here, Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima Boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. Hey, welcome back here in the studio. Uh, Dwayne England, Tommy Donlin. We're kind of getting close to winding down, but before we get out of here tonight, man, we got a, got a really good video here. Now, look, you and I have been fishing edge rods. Yeah, for sure. And everything that I've had in my hand that says edge on it, mm -hmm. and I've used it in in the water environment. I'm telling you yep, right Yep, same, uh, same here. No issues, no complaints, phenomenal. Um, these 360 rods, the thing I really like about them is the multifacet opportunity. I've used them in the in the pure right. sound for salt, I mean, for a downrigger fishing, because they got, they're, you know, they're a modular graphite, but they have a really good blend and taper of glass that allows mm -hmm. you to load them up in a downrigger also allows you to use them in the river environment or the bay environment whenever we're fishing lead, dropper lead. 360 Flasher is the ultimate design, and you're going to hear Pro and Alex talk about the significance in this and how that whip back on that rod really is an advantage when you're fishing at 360 Flasher. Yeah, well, and I'm excited to watch this video too because I think that's something that can be adapted for the saltwater fisheries as well. Mm -hmm. Like, we hardly ever put you know, a flasher behind a lead, mm -hmm. right? It's always downrigger fishing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see what they have to say and how you how you watch that undulation of the rod to yeah. determine, you know, if it's running correctly, how to control your speed, yep. and so on. Yeah, so. and all those, all those uh, points are valid as well. Uh, pay attention to this video. You're going to see some really good content discussion with these two gentlemen, and they are experts in the field. Pro Escobedo has been around for a long time, VIP Outdoors, uh, extremely smart in all the things that he produces and, and puts out there in the industry for VIP. Also, not just the discussion, you're going to get to watch some uh, pretty amazing takedowns on these rods and a few of us fighting fish the day we spent on the Columbia with uh, Pro Escobedo. So check this out. So, we're going to talk about your edge rod a little bit. Thanks. Right? Um, I have been in the industry now, guiding, for, this is my 14th year. And I am what a lot of people would consider like a, a shop manager calls me a, a, a tackle and a rod hoarder. Mm. Um, but ultimately for me, what it is, is experience of products. 
when I talk to people about quality of products, how they perform, I like to be able to do that on a very level playing field and having experience with a lot of different products, a lot of different manufacturers. And that's where I'm at with rods and reels. I've ran them all. I paid for them all, I ran them all. Uh, and last year, Alex, actually last winter you reached last out. Winter. Yeah, yep. last winter you reached out to me. And then we reconnected at the Portland Sportsman Show. And Alex had asked me about giving the rods a shot first. Yep. We said, sounds good, let's give them a shot. Because people have asked me in the past, what's your favorite rod? And, and up to that point, I had my favorite rods. This year is the first year that I could genuinely say I've seen a rod make a difference. Hmm. Uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm like, put one of our products on the back end and it'll fold over. But I like talking about overall systems and a system that starts with edge rods. I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of human error out of it. And me as a consumer and fisherman, I think I know why, but I don't know the technical aspects of it. You know, the different actions that we're talking about, we're talking specifically about the 360 rod that you guys made. Right. And you make them in three different powers, yes. correct? Yes. Okay. Um, the way I recognize them is there's either a four, five, or six at the end. So lightest power, medium power, heavy power, which they're probably not identified that way in your guys' book or catalog. Um, but me as a simple angler, light, medium, heavy. Sure, and that's pretty close. Is that yep. pretty close? Yep. Okay, sounds good. And I get very particular about fisheries, like we were talking about on the boat. I see the way the rods perform, and I go with the lighter rod in certain fisheries, uh, like this being a softer water fishery, uh, and I want to make gear perform, I stick with the lighter ones, which is the four power. And, you know, in the 360 application itself, what we're looking for is that flex in the rod, and we're looking for that recoil to really rip that pro troll back, right? So we want the bend to get into the rod as far as it can without sacrificing backbone when the rod or when the lure gets bit, okay? I don't know what that is, um, and maybe you could help explain what exactly sure. that is and make them perform because I'm in love with them. Sure. I, I could honestly say, as a consumer, this is the best rod I've ever used. So if you remember about a year ago, um, a lot of our ambassadors and pro staff used your spin ups, mm -hmm. and they said that something about the way that the rod recovers and kicks when it's running that spinner, they've noticed that they get bit more often on those rods that have that kick when that blade or that flasher is being oscillated or recoiled back. So what we try to do is really lock down the action of a rod that will just have that specific kick for the right length. And, you know, for us, we, we were taking a bit of a gamble. So we knew that, you know, you're making these spinners. So is the kick right? So we, when, we, when we settled where that action point is on the rod, and the reason why it's a little bit different, it's a blend of two different materials, carbon and a material called Zentron, which is like a high modulus glass. Um, it still loads the way that most rods will load. But if you notice, it's got almost like a weird little flat spot. It, it, it almost doesn't look normal, but right. that's that kickback that you want yeah. from, 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 from that recovery. So when a lot of guys were running is your spinners- Is that the second, third, like the middle of the yep, rod? Okay, yep, yep. absolutely. So when a lot of the guys are running your spinners, what, what they wanted is they said, look, there's some weird flutter that happens in this rod and we can't really explain it, but if you change anything, we'll hate you. Yeah. You know, because something happens within that action of the rod where it just kicks that spinner and I don't know whether the fish just likes the fact that it's different or where it flutters or it gets it on the on, on the on the up or on the on the on the down, but 
for us, in terms of the action of that specific fraud, once we heard from you and a number of other folks that, hey, it makes these blades flutter, it makes the flasher just behave differently, we just decided to stop doing any sort of tweaks to the rod. Now, we got a lot of feedback from you too over the season and said, hey, I need you to do this with the lengths and we're working on that. Um, so, you know, obviously next trade show season is coming up and we'll have some more goodies and available lengths. But um, what we want to try to do is preserve that action to where that blade is just doing what it needs to do. I think that I, I, I think you're spot on. And you know, what worked for me um, is not gonna work for somebody else. And the reason it's not gonna work is because you have to look at the vessel you're fishing out of also. So when you're speaking about a smaller vessel and I'll just consider a smaller vessel, like a 24 foot and smaller vessel, mm -hmm. these nine twos are spot on perfect, right? So what works for me and my boat is totally different than, than somebody else because I'm so specific about how things perform out of this and how they perform out of my buddy's boat who's an open slide. Sure. And we see those differences. We see that we have the conversations and it is based on that second, third, that flat spot that you're talking about. So you guys make enough rods in the, whether it be a 10 and a half or a nine foot two. Um, or the 12 it, and a half. Or the 12 and a half. That's gonna support all the different vessels out there. And I encourage people to grab a few different models and see which one's gonna work best for you. Even in the rod position, whether you're perpendicular to the boat, 90 degrees to the boat, parallel to the boat, rod angles low, rod angles high, all that makes a difference when you're talking about the 360 presentation. Uh, I, and being particular is the difference between one or two fish on a slow day or whack and stacking when there's plenty of fish out there like right. there is today, you right. know? Um, so I'll tell you, this is a great fit for us. It's a great fit for anybody out there, but it's about finding the one that is going to work for your your vessel, your application, where you fish, and uh, and how you fish. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about you guys. Uh, I think you, Alex, have done a good job of recognizing that you could lean on the guide community uh, to find those people to make the proper recommendations to customers out there. So at those sportsman shows, people come up to me and ask me, hey, bro, this is my situation, this is my boat, yeah. this is where I fish, ask me, and I'll give you a very good recommendation based on experience, right. not just what I think, but actual experience, you know? Well, you're most likely living in your boat for 250, 260 days out of the year. Oh, my wife would kill me, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah. If we as a manufacturer don't listen to the guys that use the products, literally fish, from four in the morning to, you know, today we were off the water by, you know, eight o'clock, got out there at six and it was, a, it was an amazing day, but you will put more time on these rods than the average consumer will in five years. So in a season, you will figure out, is it dependable enough? Is it durable enough? Do the guides work? What what are the issues? So if I think one, it's, it's, a, um, it's a symbiotic relationship. We want to support what you do and we want to get the feedback back from you. And we're, we're, we're humbled that you like the rods, but it also, makes me feel like we can't be complacent because there's always this next thing. Oh, yeah. I know you're working on the new lures. Yeah. And when that happens, we know that potentially the rod action is gonna have to maybe change. Right, so. Right, well, and that's what makes for a great relationship, right? Is working together for the fisheries that we have here. And that's for everybody within the industry. It's not about Ed Rods, it's not about VIP outdoors. It's about the industry as a whole. Yeah. And catching fish is just the base of it. That should be the cohesiveness 
that keeps this community together. Um, and we should be able to grow legs from that and yeah. gain traction and get to where we want to be as an overall fishing community. So for what me I, personally, what I love about you is today we were stopped by probably 20 boats, people asking for advice, people just saying hello. It's cool how approachable you are. You're willing to share whatever insights that you learn. And I want to be able to be that rod company that just takes that, translates that into better rods, better action, better experiences with our customers. Um, hats off to you and your team with what you guys have done. Um, it's uh, it's it's humbling to have you guys say those kind of words about our rods, and I just appreciate it very much. Yeah. I know Gary will be very happy to be yeah, Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Tommy, great discussion amongst two uh, definite professionals in the industry. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the other parallels that I see in the edge rods is in the world of slow pitch jigging. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten their slow pitch jigging rods offshore for tuna. Yeah. And that, the response of the rod, the reflex, how it flings the jig is so critical to the action of the jig, especially when you're slow pitch jigging. Um, and I've put their power zeros and power ones to the test on our albacore tuna. Mm -hmm. And it is just a kick in the pants. And on bait stops, when the guys on bait are waiting to get bit and the tuna are right below the boat and you drop a jig down, it's just, it's game on instantly. You look at the size and or diameter of those slow pitch rods. I know, it's And you're trippy. going after tuna <laughs> and you're like, there's no way, right? This right. thing is going to break. Right. But man, I'm telling you, talk about durable and just, you know, a yeah. well-designed, lightweight rod that you don't get tired of working all day. Well, and that's the other thing. So you talked about the word, the word design, yeah. right? Um, there's rod companies that go out and they go trial and error. Okay, mm -hmm. hey, you know, um, can you can you kind of put the blank together that's kind of a little stiff here and a little soft here, right? And and then that doesn't work, and they try it again, and they try it again, and they try it again. Edge has a team of production engineers mm -hmm. and designers that design blanks and design rods, specific. right? Specific. Specific yep. to the fishery and to the cause, right? Yeah. So it's it's a little bit more scientific than just guesswork. Trial and error. Right, mm -hmm. yep. Yep. No, uh, well worth checking out. And again, anytime uh, you get online via Fish on Northwest and get to the Edge website, enter that coupon code FHN20, you're gonna save 20% on every single rod you purchase from Edge Rods. If it is not already uh, attached to some other coupon and or uh, price reduction uh, sale. So yeah, well worth checking them out. They pretty much have a rod for almost every fishery. Yeah, they do. At this point. They I do. I mean, our, our garages and boats are getting stuff full of edge rods for everything, everything. we do. And we cover it all. So well worth it. But uh, all right, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that. Go back and watch it again if you want to pick up on some finer points. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. We're closing out the show right here at Fish on Northwest. All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. 
All right, welcome back here as we close out the show. Tommy, you know we have a couple of hunt invitationals coming up. That's right. Yes, we do. November and December. If you haven't got on this, get to our Facebook page. All the details are pinned there at the top of the page. But in case you've missed it, we have a couple different hunts coming up with uh, Shelby Ross, our good buddy over there at Ross Outdoors Adventures, Potholes Reservoir in the Mardon Resort area. We'll be hunting a two-day combo hunt, um, actually two-day duck hunt. Hunt number one, arrive November 6th, hunt the 7th and 8th. It's a two-day duck hunt, two nights lodging, dinner included both nights, only $3.75 per day. That includes everything, the lodging, the dinner, the guided hunt. Uh, Two days in a row, or if you want to book a single night, that is entirely up to you. Hunt number two, arrive December 12th. We're hunting the 13th and the 14th. The significance of that, Tommy, is 14th is a Wednesday, which means that's a goose day. So we get a two-day hunt. We get ducks and geese on the 13th and 14th. Again, two nights lodging, dinner included, 375 per day. Hunting with Shelby, kicking the pants. Yeah, Shelby knows how to goose hunt, too, I'll say. I haven't been on one of his duck hunts. Right. But that goose hunt, we had 39 geese on the ground by 8 a.m. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. It has a lot to do with if the geese are actually getting off the water and flying. Now, the reason we move that into December is because the colder colder conditions is much better to get those geese uh, up into the fields early in the morning there. So uh, it's just a great time, and if you do take advantage of this, you're going to be... Uh, subjected to, gosh, I don't know, horrible duck kebabs in the duck blind. <laughs> yeah, right. While we're hunting. I mean, it's just <laughs> absolutely full-on enjoyment. Uh, sitting around, you know, conversing with folks, uh, like-minded folks. Talking about kokanee. Talking about kokanee. Yep. Talking about smoked kokanee as we sit there and eat it and enjoy it. And uh, how was that smoked cocoa, by the way? Oh, it was phenomenal. Smoke you did cocoa? good work on that. Yeah, well, you I'm know. I'm a little it's... bummed it wasn't in the form of the dip that mm, Shing makes, but, yeah. you know, there's always next week. I think she's... <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to do but sit around and smoke fish, so yeah, no worries. Well, we are going to try to get out there the next couple days and find some coho. I got my buddies here for our annual mancation, as you know. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a tradition. And uh, clam digging tomorrow night. I think Saturday is going to involve uh, some some uh, clam, frying up some clams and uh, clam strips and going out and catching some more coho on Saturday. Yeah, so. and I'm going to be in the kitchen making elk broths Yep. and canning tuna. You can bring me some of that? That's the program. You going to bring me some of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe? Yeah, you could, yeah I could probably do that. Yeah, yeah. you probably should. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Lots of activity here. Hopefully we answered a ton of your questions. And trust me, Tommy, as you know, there were a ton of questions getting fired at us here. Mm-hmm. So happy to interact with you guys. Appreciate you jumping on and asking those questions as we uh, progress through the show. Find us here each and every week, Thursday evening, starting at 6 p.m. Catch us on Root Sports, typically Saturday and Sunday morning, anywhere between 9 and 10 a.m. Check your local listing to find Fish Out Northwest in the onslaught of outdoor programming they have now mm-hmm. put on there. And we're happy to be part of the Root Sports team. So have a great weekend. Be safe. Get out there. Weather's going to be phenomenal as we wind it down here at the end of September. Jumping into October, hunting, fishing, weather changes coming, lots of excitement. Can't wait till next week. We'll see you next Thursday right here at 6 p.m. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish Hunt Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. 
Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.